Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life could be a bit miserable, life could be a bit sad. But actually, do you know what? Not this week because the Lionesses have made a World Cup final um, and they're better than the men. So yay! Yay for football, Stu. Um, so we're not here to bring you some light and a bit of joy because the Lionesses have already done that for us. But anyway, how are you, Stu? Yeah, kind of reflecting in the bus, reflected in the basking. No, I, I'm buggered that up totally. That's fine. <laughs> basking in the reflected. Lionesses didn't bugger it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. At least somebody's competent. Yeah, no, they they were great. I'm not, but yeah, no, that, that's excellent. I missed the game, which is annoying, but I'm going to watch the final on Sunday. So yeah, no, that's great news. I oh, see. The Sunday we've got um, Liverpool women have got a friendly in Birmingham against uh, Birmingham. Ironically enough, ah. um, surprise! I, I would say, of course, it's going to be against Birmingham if it's in Birmingham. But last season, we played a friendly against West Ham in Leicester. So you know, as you do, as you do at some university campus or college campus or whatever it was, because that's that's football sometimes. Um, oh, but yeah, but yeah, we're tra- we're going to travel up early to Birmingham, watch it at a local pub near St Andrews, um, and yeah. Enjoy, enjoy what should be history. Um, One way and just on that, yeah, yeah, what, what is really good, as has been pointed out, you're getting some people like the, uh, uh, like the, what are they called, uh, misogynistic twats. Yeah, I think that's what you can call them, isn't it? Yeah. Who are going, oh yeah, they might win a World Cup, but it doesn't compare to the men's. Um, to which uh, uh, the perfect reply, someone put... When England won the World Cup in 1966, there was only 16 teams and they hadn't been banned from playing football at any point in their history. Um, so, yeah, nice. I'd say this doesn't compare to the men's. It's much grander. That totally is. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Yeah, it's, it's, you just know as well that in, like, five years or whatever, when, like, all of those, that generation again, even older and they're not, in the conversation as much that everyone's going to be like, yeah, yeah, we won that thing and we won that semi or whatever, you know, and everyone's going to be dead proud and they're going to look like stupid old idiots, which they already are, of course. Yes. Um, and well, the best thing is, and I don't, I don't like doing this because I hate doing the comparison thing, uh, but I think last week I spoke about Chloe, Kennedy's, Chloe Kelly's penalty that was like the fastest shot taken, at, like more yeah. faster than any shot taken in the Premier League the season before yeah. in the men's game. Um, but another one, um, when I watched the goals from the semi-final, I don't think I would have watched any of those goals. And if someone had superimposed men playing the game, I wouldn't have gone mm, something fishy about that. It was, you know, you could you watch every single one of those, and you wasn't like, oh, that was a woman's goal. Like you used to years years ago. You know, I'm not blinkered to it. You used to watch like the FA Cup finals where you had like Arsenal versus Doncaster Bells in the nineties, and they was taking shots that you know should have been saved quite easily and were these were proper weldies that were going in that you can't tell the difference. Um, yeah. when you just watch them out of context. Um, and it's, yeah, it's brilliant to see. I love watching women's football. I prefer it to men's football. I honestly do because yeah. it feels more accessible. The players are playing for a passion. I've spoken about all this before because my daughter does have something to look up to. Um, and it's not often you'll get like players liking your tweets because your daughter's bought their shirt. And I, I love that <laughs> as well. She got a uh, Fuka Nagano's Japan shirt and Fuka's liked it on Twitter. Oh, nice. Which is really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really lovely to see. Uh, but anyway, do you know what else is lovely to see? What's that? 
lots of pixels on your screen blinking in and out and in and out and they make up these things called video games Stu. video games that's right yeah, yeah. good to hear and now, last week i thought you might have forgot because obviously you didn't play any video games last week so you might have forgot what what a video game was so have you played anything this week <laughs> well i had it just they're, they're embargoed but yeah i'll tell you point. but <laughs> but uh yeah i have um but i think you've played more than me so do you want to start what have you been well, playing? I, I i i do right so i've had to like take myself away from Baldur's Gate at times because that is I'm sorry it's game of the year I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it it's amazing I didn't realise I like Dungeons and Dragons but anyway this isn't a Baldur's Gate podcast um, so first up for me that I've been playing is a, a really nice little title that I struggled to get into initially but I'm kind of getting more and more used to it the more I play and that's on guard um, which is the uh, the swashbuckling adventure, I suppose, is the best way to put it, where you play um, this, this character, Mind Escapes Me, female protagonist, but her name escapes me because I'm crap with that sort of thing. Uh, but basically, she's like really, really good with a sword or I assume mean, a rapier. Is that the thing they used like back then? Yeah, those the little, the very pointy ones, that? like giant yeah, needles. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's got her rapier and like she has to go through loads of little arena battles doing like sword fights. Now I very first approached this game um as like almost like a hack and slash, as you would like any sort of fight game like this. But it's a game where you've really gotta think about your positioning, your attacks, the sort of attacks you're doing, your defensiveness, using the environment. So it's like, do you know, we used to see like the old swashbuckling films of the, like, I suppose like the 60s and 70s and things like that. And you'd see like the like the two main characters, um, like going up and down the stairs of a castle, like doing their sword fights and everything. And yeah. then maybe like kicking a chair at someone to try and distract them. It's like that, but in video game form. Nice. Um, and it's really, really good. Like, it's difficult. I, I, I'm, I'm rubbish at it. Uh, Adalia, that was the, that was her name. So I just remembered it was Adalia is, um, is like, the character you play. Uh, yeah, but it just feels like playing those old swashbuckling films. And it's just brilliant for it. Absolutely brilliant. Like, every part of the environment feels useful. It's not just there for window dressing. It feels useful. So, like, you might have a balcony. And even though it looks like it's just maybe, oh, it's just part of the set. Or it's just part of the background. You can use that balcony in ways. You can jump over tables naturally. Um, you've got to really watch for, like, multiple enemies and keep away from the one attacking another one and timing everything. You can't just go in there, gun the hoe. You could surprise people and kick them off of, like, off of ledges or into the sea and, and, and things like that. You can literally go get in the sea. It's brilliant. Um, nice. And it's, like, it's... It's got so much flair and colour and vibrance and it's just, oh, it's brilliant. I, mean, I just like, I can't believe how much fun this game is. I, like, I, I got it first of all when the first like bit I played, I was like, I can't do this. And my brain just can't comprehend what I'm meant to be doing. Um, because I was like, I'm trying to attack and I'm just not getting the timings right. And then I just slowed it down slowed it down worked out that you use acrobatics and like you've got to really just think about things and it just it just clicked and yeah i oh, it's a lovely game lovely lovely game that just really evokes memories of of proper old school swashbuckling adventures um and it's brilliant 
Oh, wow. Wow, excellent. No, I mean, it hadn't really been on my radar, but now, um, yeah, I saw a couple of things about it since it came out, and I was like, yeah, 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 that sounds like it's right on my street, so it work okay on the deck? Uh, yes. Um, the odd, I, I, I suppose, if you're sensitive to it, the odd little stutter. Uh, but it really doesn't bother me at all. Um, that kind of thing is nothing game-breaking. I think, like... I was noticing it a couple of times, like when you got into an area and there might have been loads of enemies in an area, you it might take a couple of seconds for the stutter to stop. Um, not even a couple of seconds. It probably just feels like that. And then it's smooth. Um, so, yeah, a couple of minor issues, which I'd imagine will be patched out. Uh, and as much as we don't go for the, oh, you could patch out all your issues, you could play it without a patch and you still could have a great time. Great. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. I'll definitely put it on the list then. And I'll just seeing some notes. One thing I haven't done that others have started doing now, because obviously I played this pre-release. Um, apparently stick it on 40 FPS and it's solid. So maybe, yeah, I'll try that. Um, I think I'll be playing it with Unlocked. Just basically base settings I played it at. But I've just literally seen a comment, 40 FPS on, on DB and you're laughing. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Excellent. Yeah, 15 quid as well. Not too bad. It's about right for what I'm getting out of it. Good, good price. Good game. Lovely. So, let's move on to you, Stu. Let's let's focus on you for a little bit. What have you been playing? Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Yeah, so I've been <laughs> I've been playing um, something that I really didn't expect to play again so soon, which is Quake 2, because mm-hmm. it's been re-released. Well, not re-released, but... I suppose kind of re-release, revamped. Depends where you owned it, Stu, really, doesn't well, it? Or if you owned it. That's right, I did, I did. And um, I've owned it for a very long, very long time. Yes, yeah, uh, have I. Yeah, it's uh, it's an old-timer. Um, but what it, they've done is, obviously, like, they've revamped the engine. It's all been titivated and looks fantastic. And It's all been what? Titivated. Have you not heard that before? Titivated? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not outside of certain like specialist videos, no. No. <laughs> the titivator. Yeah. It's a sex toy. Um no, it's uh it's yeah, it's fairly common. But um yeah, what they've done, along with like sprucing everything up so it's beautiful and shiny and new, ready for a new audience, is there's a whole new campaign called uh Call of the Machine. And I've been playing that because I've never, obviously, it's brand new, never played it before. Um, and it's really good. So, yeah, obviously everything looks good. They've put in some quality of life improvements that I, I think there are a few people, purists, who are probably a little bit kind of like, eh, about them, but I'm not. I think they're great, especially there's, you can bring up a compass, which just does the thing that Dead Space does, whereas it, it puts arrows on the floor of where you need to go. So if you lost, yes, please, you know, and if you if you've played Bolt Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun like we have, oh my god, that would have been useful in that game. Jeez. Um, so yeah, that's good, and, and loads of other little bits and pieces as well. And but Call of the Machine is really good. So it's kind of nicks it nicks some stuff from some of the, the best FPSs of the last sort of 20 years or so. So p- Cherry picks different ideas. I'd say its main inspirations are, um, strangely enough, Halo ODST, because it does this thing where you've got a central hub and you go and activate um, one of your Marines who then go you know, descends to a planet and then does their own little 
you know, mission. And each one is very different. The environments are very different and even the level design. And it's very much like the old id games where different designers would work on the levels and they each have their own character. Yeah. Uh, and you, you get different weapons and loadouts depending on, you know, we, yeah, which one it is. And there are new weapons as well, which I won't spoil here. So that's cool. New enemy types. And it's really good. And so there's the, the Halo ODST influence and there's um, a kind of Doom uh, 2016 influence as well in that they uh, it, it's very kind of it, it, it's kind of it, it's not linear but it's not puzzly in terms of its layout yeah. and it it likes to get to sections where there's huge swathes of, of monsters um, which isn't very quake it's much more of a doom thing but it works really well in this context and they've tweaked things so that it balances well and it's kept all that classic sort of stuff of nice secrets, great verticality, nice underwatery bits, you know, different environment suits. And yeah, it's honestly a really, really good pack. And, and like, I think it's only like, it's cheap everywhere to buy. And if you buy it, you get the original game, you get add-on expansions and you get this brand new expansion. It's like, uh, Quake 64, I believe. Quake 64, Quake 64 yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's like if you've never played it before, or you want to play it again, or you've you've owned it in the past and don't own it now, or you already own it and you want to play the new stuff, it's a, a bargain. It's it's definitely one of the releases of the year so far for me. Yeah, getting it for free technically if you already owned it, uh, but it's <clears throat> it's one of those games that I think if you have had Steam for any period of time, you probably own it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like Half Life. Everyone owns Half Life. If you've got Steam, you don't ever remember buying it, but you've got it. Um, exactly. You get, you yeah, get it when you're it, born these days. There. They they add it to your Steam list when you're born. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's that. Yeah, it's that. You get your birth certificate, your code for Half Life, um, and then when you hit um, like once you get your first TV, you get your code for Quake. That's yeah, right. That's how it works. That's, that's how, how life works. works. Yep, you yeah. got it. Um, yeah, I love it. I, I, I think it's brilliant. Um, I'm not very good at it. Um, I've, I think I've got too used to modern shooters in a way where I can slow things down and hide. You can't do that in Quake. You can't stop. Um, and I can't... My brain at the moment, because I'm playing Baldur's Gate, which is turn-based and everything's like turn-based, but I just can't get my head back into running and jumping and aiming and everything all at the same time. Um, I've not even attempted trying to do a rocket jump or anything like that yet, yeah. uh, which I used to be able to do when I was younger, but now, no, I don't know if I can. But I, I, I loaded it up and it's still brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, I might give a go of the other stuff that's in there as well, because I don't think I've ever played any of the expansions um, I played Quake, Quake Two Vanilla. I want to say it would have been, um, and then Quake Three Arena was straight onto that. I don't think I played any of the expansions, so yeah, I think I'll give that one a go. Since it's not going to cost me any money. Yeah, yeah. Now we played a lot of uh, Quake Two when I was a teenager because, um, well, a couple of people had it on the the PlayStation, and it was great on that. But we ended up on the N sixty four version because it had four player support, like straight. You know, obviously. Straight out the console kind of thing, 
Um, yeah. And it is a really, really, really good multiplayer uh, on that. So uh, I have played that one. But yeah, all of the ports are worth playing and they've all got their own little tweaks and, and differences. It's one of them. Yeah, worth doing. Yeah, well, that's that's it. It's like when they mention like get Quake 64 for free, it's like other times you hear like a, a port, it's just like the same thing, surely. But I know like Quake 64 is different to Quake, or Quake 2 64, sorry, is different to Quake 2 in enough of a way that it's worth playing it all. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, definitely worth doing. Yeah, I'll, 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 I've got to learn to get good with uh, with uh, FPS controls again. Um, and you played it on the deck? Uh, yeah, it, exclusively, and it runs perfectly, as you'd imagine. Yeah. Cool, cool. And what you do, like, just go, what are you using? You using, like, just normal um, controller controls, or have you got, like, a custom control set going on? It's mostly the default. I've added um, the back buttons, you know, the paddles. Yeah, I've yeah. added those as jumps and stuff. Um, but yeah, straight out of the box, they're they're pretty good. Oh, cool. Uh, maybe, maybe. I know we try and sort these things out, but time has never happened. But Quake 2 is quick and pick up and play. I think we should have a, a death match, Stu. Oh, I'm not really into competitive stuff. We could have a co-op game. You can play it co-op. Yeah, but Stu, right, it's a great chance to get a win because I am crap and <laughs> blind. So, you know. Oh, um, if you put it like that. We'll test out. We'll test out some modes. I think we should because it's like, I, I remember playing quote, quote, Quake locally. Um, so, go Quake, go Broke. No. Nice, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. Quake. Uh, but yeah, Quake's brilliant. Um, classic. And we'll always, it's ti- it is timeless as well. One of those games that is timeless. It, it's not aged graphically well, but it had a, this again, this I suppose, like, again, just to, sorry, diverge just a little bit away. Um, when you look at certain games that had an art style and they've aged well, and then you have a look at other games that try to go for realism at the time, just haven't aged well. And you can see how important that, that, consideration of style actually comes when it comes to like re-releasing a game in the future oh, um, yeah. And, yeah quake's got a style all of its own and it's it's yeah it's lovely yeah i agree completely yeah uh gibbs and everything jibs gibbs gibbs uh jibs jibs because it's giblets it's from giblets that isn't makes it? sense yeah i'm not gonna say that i always thought that was giblets <laughs> you already have oh dear okay uh anyway <laughs> Moving on from the Innes of a Turkey. Um, yep. Is that what Chipotle's are? They are, aren't they? Yeah, Innes of a Turkey. Um, we're going to go from literally shooting space marine type things and demons and what have you and violence to a role-playing musical. Ooh. Because I've been playing Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. Nice. Um, now, as a concept, this isn't something that should work. A musical should not work as a video game. They work in movies on stage, stuff like that. It works. It shouldn't work as a video game because of all like the the choices and everything you, you've got to, you've got to make. Um, even sort of like when you play like some kind of visual novels, you kind of like it does it really. I can't see how it can work. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I could go into detail about the gameplay itself. Um, the decisions you make and the story behind it, but it is such an important, well-told story that is just for just for pure clarity, um, is very queer-friendly, um, and has a lot of LGBTQIA plus 
uh, themes in it, um, if you choose, um, which is really good. And it, yeah, it's respectful of everyone. And I, I love that. Uh, but I played this because I've played many interactive fiction games and adventure games and visual novels over the past. So story and all that, it's just whether you like that sort of thing. What is the hook? Why have I been enamoured with this? It is the musical score. It, ha it is a proper musical stew. So they have acts where they're singing and you can make decisions during the song that affect the song and things like that as well. But it all flows wonderfully. Um, and the voice art, the voice like the singers in it. Oh my God, what amazing voices and amazing songs they're singing. And I, like, I just like, I want the soundtrack for this just on its own because it's just amazing. I'm not a big musical person on the whole, but it's just like, it drew me in. It's like it, the passion that comes out of it. I don't think you could get out of a, a, a just like a verbal talking or just written down the music, like singing these 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 acts in there, just brings something completely different to it and hits you with all different types of emotions that you didn't realise a video game could give you in, in in many ways. I'll try not to go into any detail because you've got to experience it if you're into any kind of story based narrative driven games. You've got to experience it without me ruining it. Um, but it's got, um, like, sort of, so let me just bring up the list. Uh, you've got, so, music numbers are composed by, you've got Grammy-nominated composer Austin Wintory, Tripod, uh, which is musicians Scott Edgar, Stephen Gates and Simon Hall, Eurovision Australia's um, Montague, or, or Jess Camo, uh, they're called. Um, it's fully orchestrated, um, and it's got like, like by a cast and everything, and it's just like everything hits in so many different ways. Uh, and what I really like about this as well is, and decisions matter. So you, you like they said it's big on like, oh, you know, two plays are the same, and I was like, it's a narrative game. How could it not be? But when you play it and you make your decisions. You kind of like, I can see how this is going to be different if I play it again because I, I kind of had decisions I had to make where I had to go, oh, I don't know what I want to do here. I don't know what the right choice is for me and had to think about it. Um, and it's really good. It's got accessibility settings as well. So a lot of the feeds you're meant to like make decisions quickly and you get a timer to make the decisions. Um, but in accessibility settings, you can turn that off. Um, you can absolutely turn that off. So you can take away the pressure for people who don't like that. And there's like, there's visual accessibility settings. There's audio cue accessibility settings. So everything makes it the game playable for different types of, of disabilities. They've still got to add a few bits in for visual disabilities and hearing disabilities, but they are working on those as well. Um, but honestly, it's just, I, I don't even... Like I, I can't even really comment on the quality of the gameplay because it's a it's a visual novel. It's just do you like visual novels on the whole? Um, and if you do, yeah, great. You you like this, but that musical score and the way it uses music, it's just oh, it feels so unique and it's amazing and just brilliant. Play it. Wow, another cracker for the week then. Yeah, that that yes. sounds yeah really really polished, really impressive. It's like how did they? How did they get so much talent together and get you know? Because presumably it's a, it's an indie studio, is it? Who's who's? It, it is. It's it? by Summerfall Studios, yeah. um, and it's published by Humble. 
Uh, yeah. But I believe, and don't hold me to this, it's got many of the people behind it who were behind, I want to say, Dragon Age. I think it's Dragon Age. It might have been maybe like a, a Bioware thing, possibly. But no, Bioware is Dragon Age, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. it's Dragon Age then. It was a Bioware and it wasn't Mass Effect. So yeah, it's, it is Dragon Age then. Wow. Um, and then there's some of the names. So they've probably got enough pull in the industry to maybe get people to come on board and take risks. But oh god, yeah, it's so good. It's really, really good. Cool. Yeah. No, that that sounds really intriguing. I'm not a huge fan of visual novels, but it sounds like one that I probably watch a full playthrough of, or somebody Twitch stream or something, and what consume mm. it that way. So I get to listen to the music and things. I also hate doing this because obviously I, I can imagine at some point it's by Humble, uh, the publisher. So at some point down the line, I can see it, you know, once sales have finished, maybe hitting a bundle at some point, uh, a choice monthly or something. So if it's something you're unsure of, oh, by the way, by the way, and I forgot to say this, one of the voice actors in it is the amazing, brilliant, the wonderful Rahul Kohli as well so if you was on the fence it's got Rahul Kohli in it Rahul Rahul I can't pronounce his name properly because I was like oh, I love Rahul Kohli I, I don't know who that okay. is what what have they done he's, he's, he's a British actor British Indian actor um, and have you ever seen iZombie no 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 I'll just look him up I'll, I'll send you a link afterwards but oh my god oh ah, cool I kind of yeah I was like oh, I, I do thank you over Rahul Kohli at times <laughs> nice. um, and yeah brilliant uh but yeah it is yeah if you're unsure you are on the fence and it's maybe not your sort of game maybe it will hit a bundle some point down the line and wait for that um but if you're into any kind of visual novel stuff interactive fiction or even rpgs in a way then yeah you've got to get this because it's one of those games it's not game of the year it'll never I don't think it'll win Game of the Year awards in terms of the top games, because that's Baldur's Gate this year. Um, but I think musical, possibly. It might win for music and stuff, performances and things like that. But it's definitely a must-play game. And trust me, that's going to be getting one of our awards um, that we put up of must-plays. Uh, because Brilliant. it's so damn good. <laughs> good stuff. Um, now... Would you like me to say that's not the best game I've played this week, though? Oh, blimey. Go on, then. It is. No, it is. Ah. It is, actually. <laughs> oh, you got me But there. I've had three absolute crackers this week because I've also been playing, and it's not out yet, Blasphemous 2. And I am okay with Embargo on this one. I double-checked. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> that doesn't come out until next week. But I've been playing Blasphemous 2. Um, now, I really, really enjoyed Blasphemous um, you wasn't overly keen, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right. it's a bit Soulsborne for my liking. Yeah, yeah. So this it is, but I found it feels a lot more freer than Blasphemous was. Um, I feel like I'm able to experiment a bit more. It feels a bit faster paced in places. Um, it feels more Metroidvania. I know the other one was a Metroidvania, but this feels more Metroidvania-y. I don't know, but I can't tell you how it does. It just feels it. Um, and, yeah, so you're the Pentium one again. Um, and you're on this 
basically journey again. He's like, it's all the same kind of setup in a whole, just give you an excuse to play Blasphemous again with more. I'm going to get this one. It's Greek or is it Roman? I can never remember which one this is based in. Um, I think it's Greek. I think. Okay. I might be wrong. Oh, right. It's one of them on the base law thing. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's hard. The combat's savage. It's 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 like it's non-linear um, as you like all the stuff in the other one, but just tightened up. That, that that is what it is. It's just the same game tightened up. But I went back and had a quick go of Blasphemous, um, the original as well. After playing this, to go, is it just more the same? And honestly, it feels a different experience. It is the same sort of game, and it does the same things, and the, like the core concept behind it's the same, but. It feels a sequel, not just an extended version of Blasphemous, uh, which I think for Metroidvanias, I think is very good to do that. You can make it differentiate because Guacamelee, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. But Guacamelee 2, or Guacamelee, however you people don't pronounce it, um, I just felt, oh, this is just more... That, it could have just been DLC. That's why I was talking about it could have just been DLC and I'd have been happy. It didn't feel enough of its own game. And that could happen with Metroidvanias. But this, I don't know, it just feels something. It just, it, it's worth having as a sequel, not just not DLC or expansion pass or something like that for the original. Um it feels like there's more customization to it. It feels like there's more exploration to it. Um, the boss battles that I've encountered... I've not finished the game yet, but the, the boss battles I've encountered have been epic. Like, like I've, I've been hit and I've been killed, but I feel like I could strategize around them. Whereas I've played, I think, the original Blasphemous, I felt like I was like going through them with hope rather than a point. Um, and whereas this one, I feel like, right, I can make a point of how am I going to approach this boss battle. And I will suck at it, and I will get beaten time after time, but I can put a strategy in place, which I couldn't feel I could do with the original. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, a, a, it's more of the same, but better, but feeling different in all the right ways. Um, so if you liked Blasphemous, you're going to love this. Um... I will say I don't know if it's different enough that if you were like on the original Blasphemous, it's worth running out to get. But I enjoyed Blasphemous. I'd have enjoyed this more than I did the original one. So take that how you will. Mm, I'll take that on pie. Uh, yeah, no, it sounds like it, they've they've made a lot of cha impressive changes then based on that. I mean, I, I know it's kind of got a rough kind of metroidvania skin but like in terms of the combat it, it always felt like totally born souls born to me um I, I i don't get a lot of satisfaction from that type of gameplay really unfortunately um i prefer dead cells yeah which is a similar it's in the same vein dead cells for me is still that class above this doesn't yeah. touch dead cells but it's an improvement on blasphemous in all the right ways um and yeah, I just it's it, it's really really weird. It's like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the original, so I did enjoy this. I don't like it as much as Dead Cells, but that's not a bad thing. It's like going, oh, I don't like this this class burger that I really enjoy as much as this other really nice burger that I really enjoy better. Um, you don't dislike the other burger because the other one's better. It's just the other burger's better. 
Uh, yeah. This burger of Blasphemous isn't as good as the, the burger of Dead Cells, but it's still fine to eat. Yeah? Something? Oh, yeah. That, Something, yeah, it yeah. makes perfect sense, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And Ferraris and Skodas and some other analogies and stuff like that, I don't know. Um, save me, Stuart. <laughs> we talk about something else now. Because, yeah, Blasphemous. Blasphemous 2, it's really good if you like Blasphemous. I don't know if it does enough different if you didn't like Blasphemous, but it still feels like a fresh game. Put that on the box. Yeah, nice and nice and concise. Yeah. Right, well, now the games are all done with, how about a little bit of Q&A? Let's do it. Get a bit revealing. Let's do it, Stu. Yeah, get revealing. I'm prepared. Marvellous. I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> even though we mentioned it at the start oh, no point of me did I go do you know what would be a good idea let's bring up the uh, let's bring up the document with all the questions on it so yeah. you're going to be question master today and I'm going to try and attempt to answer questions what off the cuff which I did I did last week but at least I knew what the question was when it was coming well I like to keep you surprised as you know it keeps the spice <laughs> in the relationship so <coughs> right so the first question of this week is what would you change about yourself if you could so this is a really interesting one, actually. Um, I, I, I mean, the easy answer is just everything. Um, <laughs> because I don't like my brain, I don't like my body or, 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 or anything. So, yeah, I would change absolutely everything about myself. Uh, but to be more precise, honestly, my bravery is the one thing I would love to change about myself. Um, I was talking with L- Lorraine Lowe the other day. Um, I was saying about, like... Um, like I, I, I think I have suffered body dysmorphia in the over the years and stuff like that, uh, purely because when I was younger, I would look at um, women and what they was wearing and like that looks right. I don't feel comfortable. I don't like my style. I don't like actually men's clothes and stuff like that. But I'm forty one years age of age now, um, and I've grown up and I, I look in a certain way and live in a certain way and. I don't know if I can ever do what I would have been able to do many years ago if I was braver, uh, which is, I think, if I was, if I knew about myself when I was 17, 16, 15, 14, whatever, I think now I'd be living a completely different life in a completely different body. Um, and I probably would have transitioned. Now, it's too late for me. Um, and again, I know some people tell me, oh, it's never too late. You can always live your... It's too late for me. My brain will not let me make that change. But I know I'll never be happy with myself, how I look and who, what I am physically. Um, and so, yeah, I think if I had to pick a specific element about what I'd change, it would be my lack of bravery that I've had over the years and just be a more brave person. Well, that's interesting. It is interesting because you know, I think with with that kind of situation, it when there's that much societal pressure, it's kind of like, well, you could say, yeah, I'd like to be more brave about things, but also it's more like, also, I want the society I live in to be better. It it yes. it deserves to be better to me and to other people, you know. Um, so you kind of not even meeting halfway, really. They. It need, society needs to meet you at your door <laughs> almost with it yeah. you know what I mean so it feels it feels more um, agreeable but yeah no I, I get what you mean I get what you mean and it's uh, yeah it, it's very strange to, to come to any realisations about yourself you know even well certainly early in life but later in life um, it's nice to yeah. know that you can change you know and the way that 
the way that you think can change and and yeah, and my, my goal now isn't to change myself. As you said, you mentioned society. It's to be on the right side of making society better so my kids and my kids' kids can live their true selves, whatever that may be. Um, yeah. And again, I know like you're here. And just for clarity, I know I've got no clout or, or no one really cares who, who's vocal or anything like that but just for clarity i'm not saying i want my kids to be trans or i want my kids to be lgbtq in any way shape or form i want my kids to be who they want to be whatever that is whether that's cis white straight whether that's queer whether that's uh, the opposite gender whether that's no gender whatever they want to be that is what they want to be and i want society to be able to allow them to do that in any way shape or form just for clarity yeah no no that's great yeah no oh yeah i get it i felt like i was accusing you there Stu. by the way i wasn't <laughs> yeah stew you bigot yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just i went a bit too with it and i was like oh no i'm not having to go at you Stu. nah right, so what would you what would you change about yourself apart from your <laughs> podcast partner <laughs> <laughs> oh no that the last thing i would change um i would well I had a good think about it, and I think one of the things is I would be less passionate, uh, and which is one of those answers that sounds like, um, you know, like when you say in a job interview, like, what's your worst characteristic? Oh, I'm a perfectionist, or something like that. It sounds like, yeah, you, yeah. you know, you're giving yourself a backhanded compliment. But I suppose it's like, you know... I, <laughs> what's, your, what's, your worst, what's your worst thing? Oh, copious amounts of heroin, mate. Heroin? <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't stop. I've got no willpower, man. I was just like, I can't. I need to start the day with it. Yeah. yeah I've would... got, got the job. Go anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, I wish it wasn't an addict and a prostitute and uh, several <laughs> yeah. other things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sex worker. Um, <laughs> Keep it on track, Stu. I know, Come on. I know. I don't often blurt out sex worker like that, but now and again I will. Uh, yeah. I, I suppose it's like, I suppose I had better, I wish I had better emotional regulation at times. And, you know, I think it's, yeah, like I was talking about last week, it can be when I've got anxiety about stuff that I get too passionate about things, either too positive or too negative, and it's not balanced. But I suppose a lot of people are like that. I, that that's probably it, really. Uh, I, that makes it, again, sound like I think too highly of myself. But I don't, I'm just kind of confident in myself in the way that I'm like, oh yeah, this aspect of myself is a bit crap. But I don't want to change it because it's me. You know, I, I don't want to hurt people. And I want to, you know, I obviously want to make sure that I, I don't hurt people and I'm as good to people as I can be. But um, I'm quite kind of confident in myself. But I do think I do get a bit het up about stuff. And I, would, I wish I could regulate it sometimes a bit better. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I think emotional regulation is such a difficult thing. Um, and I think we're often pushed again this is a societal thing i suppose that comes with it um you you often see like oh look at look at the french and look at the italians with all their their emotions and everything oh i wish like people were more like that they're so passionate um whereas that yeah it's fine but it doesn't always work in all situations. And if you can't regulate your emotions or your passions and stuff like that, it does become a problem. And I, to I totally totally get that because I, I get, you know, for, for example, and again, I hate doing this. It's just your thing and I don't want to sort of like, but it's, again, I relate in, in certain ways. 
when I get passionate for something, I'm all in. I am all in. Like, Edith's into Pokemon cards at the moment, so we are all in on that. Um, and she does that same thing. So, you know, ah, oh, yeah, we love Pokemon and we'll do everything we can for her to, uh, to enjoy it to its fullest and, and stuff like that, which is fine to some degree, so maybe a hobby and stuff like that. But when you can't translate that away for other areas of your life, it is something that's very difficult to keep a lid on. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... Yeah, it, it, I think the people who some of the a lot of the people I admire and respect are people who kind of they can convince people of things in a good way. You know, they can show them a different side. They can, they can, you know, not educate, but just bring them again to that midway point. And I think you can do that if you can channel your passions and moderate them so that you're still you know, clear and concise. And I think I can do that a lot of the time, but some stuff I just get way way too aerated about and it bounces off people because the manner I'm doing it is is <laughs> yeah. way too over the top. But, nah. No, I don't, totally, totally get that. I like it though, so, you know, I Good. personally wouldn't change that. But again, it's not for me to say what you should be able to change about yourself, it's the, on yourself. So, there you go. Yeah, Brad, sure. Um, (laughs) no no I get you totally but I'm going to ask you the next question which is um, well I'll tell you what I'm going to ask you this one what did you want to be when you were small when you were young rather than small (laughs) it's like when you shrank yourself what did you want to be no what did you want to be when you were a youngster a borrower no (laughs) Um, I honestly don't know everyone wanted to go I wanted to be an astronaut I wanted to be this and I wanted I don't think I ever had, and this is going to sound really sad, but it's not. I don't think I had any dreams. Um, yeah, that's very sad. <laughs> um, in terms of, I was never good enough at be as a footballer to want to be a footballer, um, and I never really wanted to be anything in particular I mean, again when i was like maybe three four yeah like would you want to be oh i want to go into space or anything like that yes yeah, so, those don't count i i i'm thinking maybe like as i got to like my early teens or late tens whatever it was maybe like eight nine ten where you do start thinking about it. i don't ever wanted to be anything um and, you know i wanted to maybe i realized i was good at art uh, when I was younger, and I wanted to be maybe then a graphic designer, and I did that, and that wasn't all it cracked up to be. You know, I've spoken about my history with being a graphic designer um, over the years on the podcast, and it wasn't what it cracked up to be. Um, I never dreamt I'd be, you know, I never dreamt of being, I want a family, or I want to be a good father, or anything like that, which is bizarre, because the one thing I think I'm pretty decent at, and... I don't think anyone can take away from me is I'm a decent father, maybe even a good father and, and, and stuff like that. But they was never my dreams when I was younger. And I said, yeah, I just don't think I had any. It's, it's really weird. It's, and I honestly, it's not sad. I was just never really one of those persons who went, oh, I'm going to do this when I'm older and reach for those stars. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I, don't it's, I can't answer it. It's a weird one, Stu, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, you don't have to have like a particular answer. The way that you answer the question is is just as important, isn't it? 
Um, and that's interesting. And yeah, yeah, I would say, you know, obviously you're a good dad. It would be obvious to me, at least. Um, he says as he hears you, you know, cracking the whip over them in the background, getting into... Back off! Yeah, you little shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, mine was a bit more kind of obvious, really, because I, <laughs> I wanted to be a... Fireman! Yeah. <laughs> no, I never wanted to be anything exciting, which is a damning indictment of myself but I wanted to be a journalist I always wanted to be a journalist which is a really strange thing for a kid to want to be I guess but I just always wanted to be one and you know I kind of channel a lot of that still I mean mm. I think I'm an alright writer and you know I'm a, yeah. I'm a good untrained editor and you know I do well received documents at work and I still write the odd piece of fiction now and again <laughs> that, and... that's the dream show well received documents at work oh god yeah there you go <laughs> Isn't that? Listen to the passion in that one. Living the dream <laughs> Living there, it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm high on life. That's what I am. Um, but yeah, no. So you know, I'm, I'm glad that I do a lot, a lot of that. Even though I don't do it kind of professionally, I still, I still do a lot of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I kind of live in my dream. I don't know if that was a little dig at start paying me, bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't no. even pay myself. I don't want to do um, money Mind you, actually, you're going back now. And again, it wasn't a dream. And it just, it just reminded me, when I was in, I want to say early senior school, um, I was very good at debating. Despite having no confidence being bullied and stuff like that, I could always produce an argument. Um, in a debatable form, not in a, just a shouty, slangy way. Um, and I was always told, like in my first couple of years at school, by my P. What was that first class you'd always do at school um, of the day? Don't. Like it's like it used to be called social studies and stuff, but whatever. Um, Don't know. Like form tutor, but he had a different name. Anyway, I want to say PSA, but it wasn't PSA. So whatever that is, the versions are like social studies and stuff. I was always told by my teacher then that I'd make a very good politician. Now, I don't know whether that was... Um, an like insult. <laughs> or an insult. Uh, and I just realised, maybe I would have made a good politician because could you imagine trying to debate with me over a politics issue? Yeah. And when I get going, I could feel a, I could feel a buster, Stu. I could feel a buster for weeks. <laughs> it's true. I'm glad I'm on the same side most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just stand there and just go, right, how long do we need to hold this call up for? I'm on. Uh, good but, Lord, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, things I would have been good at, but never dreamt of doing. So there we go. I, yeah, I don't think anybody, everyone who turns out to be a good politician and, uh, you know, obviously an increasingly short supply, I don't think anybody grew up wanting to be one. I think the good one, not all the good ones, anyway. I think you, you fall into it and kind of people push you into that spotlight kind of thing. You've got to worry about the ones who are going, I wanted to be a politician since I was three. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 You want to just oh, no. slap around the back of the head. But, yeah. Yeah, you slimy freak Boris or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. What's next on the agenda? Come on, come on. Uh, unfortunately, me. I've got a call at two, so I think I'm going to have to, have to <gasps> call it a day. Only two questions. You take too long over your answers, Joe. So, <laughs> listen, right, I'm going to give you a chance just to finish off. So, at the goodness of my heart, at the goodness of my heart, I'm going to shut up now. Oh, you're very generous to me. I do appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're good questions. And, yeah, I suppose the good side of this is there's plenty more to come as we're only doing two a session. So by 2028, we'll have uh, finished them all. But The idea was to have all in one. I know. Oh, naive am I. <laughs> that's what I should have put as my bigger character weakness, naivety. But 
<laughs> on that note, <laughs> follow us on all the socials, check out all of our content on the website, join us on Discord if you want to chat, and in the meantime, until next week, stay safe and stay sane.